have seen people run straight into the wall. I'm talking about when they got the Holy Ghost. It didn't hurt them. Hurt the wall, it looked like. But didn't hurt them. Sometimes you just got to run. I'm thankful to see everybody in church today. I know today is Pastor Appreciation. They're going to do some things. You, got, you all that are from here know how uncomfortable that, that this day makes me. I would just soon pass it by and uh, not worry about it. I, you know, I'm just part of the body. But I appreciate it. I do. I appreciate the honor and I appreciate the trouble that you go through. I do. But it's just whew, a hot place to be when everybody's talking about how much they love you and things like that. It's like, oh, come on. Let's just have church. But I appreciate it. And we'll get to that in a moment in case you're wondering. I appreciate my wife. I love her today. And I might not get to say all this in a moment, so I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, I am. Besides having them kids and this right here, I love this church, and I love our life together, and I love all of you. I appreciate that God uh, put you in my life at some point, and uh, thankful for you very much so. Glad to see you here today. One verse of scripture while you're standing, I don't want to... Uh, take too much time so they can do what they're going to do but I'm going to preach that'll be alright I want to preach a little bit Romans 13 and 11 one verse of scripture one verse was well, something when you can just preach from one verse don't you like them kind of messages brother Larry when God just starts filling your paper up with one verse of scripture Romans 13 11 Paul says in that Knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. I want to preach for a few moments on this thought, knowing the time. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and thank you for the time you've given us together today. And I pray we don't waste it. Lord, I pray that we receive everything you've got for us today. Fill my mouth with words for your people, Lord, that we may all be changed and made better, Lord, that we all get a revelation today of what you're doing in our lives, and we ask this today, Lord, in the wonderful and the matchless name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. Give him a hand clap and shout of praise before you're seated. God's good to us. Praise God. Knowing the time. So then I will know the time. Let's do that. I didn't know, I didn't have this scripture ready this morning. I, I had something in my mind that God was, he'll bring you around the way sometimes to get you where he wants you to go. But this passage of scripture is so important to us as people today, and especially as people of God. But it will help us in our life, our daily life, our walk with God, and, and our purpose, time, and that knowing the time, that now it's high time. Since you know the time, it's very imperative that you understand that you must wake up because now your salvation or your answer is nearer than when you believed. You don't want to sleep through your answer. You don't want to sleep through what God's got for you. Time. Time is tick, tick, ticking away. I thought I had some DC talk fans in. Let me tell you something. As long as you live on this side of heaven, in this body, you are in measured time. Seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years. And we measure time. Clocks and calendars, watches, birthdays, anniversaries. We take pictures and video to record time so that we can look back at time and other times. Even our social media now reminds us of what we did five years ago or what we said five years ago and how long we've been friends on social media. It's bringing back time past. And time is important because time keeps you accountable. Now, it keeps you on schedule. 
Some pay close attention to that, others not so much. Time to others don't matter that much. But I have realized that if we don't pay close attention to time, we mess things up. Because your job has a time for you to clock in. School has a time to start. Start time, finish time. In school, you have classes. From this class, from this time, I will be in math. And from this time, I'll be in English. And, and every slot of time has its purpose. When you're in the 45 or 50 minutes of math class, you do math, not English. There's a specific purpose for every space of time. And every second that you live, you may be in the same place location-wise, but you are in another space of time with every second that ticks by. And you know that some things happen in a second. Sometimes we're riding along, and there's a car accident. It happened in a second. A deer comes out of the woods. This is big in our part of the country. It was, I'm riding along, listening to my music. Boom! It was just a second. I look down for a second. You ever heard people say that? So many things that impact our lives can happen just in a very short amount of time. I'm getting somewhere. Don't worry. It is necessary for us in this life to know what time it is. It's necessary with our work. It's necessary for the kingdom. And it's time moves on, we're going to see changes in our life. Our lives revolve around what time it is. What time we wake up. I got to set my clock. I got to be up at five. I got to go to bed or if I don't, because if I don't get this time, because if I don't get this many hours sleep, I ain't no good tomorrow. You know, what time I need to have a shower? I need to be gone by this time or I'm going to hit traffic. We, time, time. We, we're watching the clock. I know I've got to leave. I know how long it takes. So I can see how fast I need to go. Am I going to have to speed or can I drive the speed limit? What time do I need to leave? When you get to work, what time do you clock in? What time do you go on break? I don't want to miss my break. Uh, what time do you go to lunch? What time do you clock out? But have you ever been so busy, distracted, that all of a sudden you looked and you said, I'm supposed to leave at 12 to go to lunch and it's, it's 12, 15. And if you get a half hour lunch, that's big. I've got 15 minutes because you've missed that time and you can't get it back. You get so busy sometimes, and this is a big one. Uh, I get off at five, and you know, you just can't wait to clock out. And all of a sudden, it's quarter to six. Why am I still at work? Because you got hung up talking or, or looking at something and, and you got busy and you missed the time. It happens. And that's the thing is that uh, for, for church and for school and, and appointments and all kinds of time, time, time. It pays to know what time it is. And that's what Paul's saying to the church. Knowing the time, church people, this is to the church at Rome, God's people, knowing the time. If we don't know the time, it can cause us to miss out on the greatest of opportunities. In Luke 19 and 41, Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem. It says when he was come near, he beheld the city and he wept over it. Keep going, sis, if you'll just go, I'm going to read from here. Saying, if you had known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto your peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, compass thee round about, keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because all because that thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. So distracted. He said, Jesus is weeping over his people because there's things that belong to your peace. The things that I want to do for you. And, and instead, destruction's coming because you didn't recognize the time of my visitation. You didn't recognize the thing that was right in front of your eyes. You didn't see what was happening. You, you need to wake up and see what's going on before your eyes. You need to know the time. Your answer is close by. Don't miss it. And it's more, you got to realize that as important as we are with keeping the hours of the day, what Paul is talking about is more than just time on a clock. But 
I'm going to ask you this today. What time is it in your life? What time is it right now in your life? And that knowing the time, it is high time. Do you recognize what God is doing in your life right now? Are you asleep while he's trying to work? Do you know the time of your life? Now there is scripture that helps us to recognize how to deal with the times that are in our life. In Ecclesiastes 3, the first eight verses, the writer here has given us instruction because you're going to see how this comes to all of us. To everything, everything there is a season. Everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. There's a purpose in both of those. But we have a hard time sometimes with the dying part. And sometimes the being born part surprises us. But there's a purpose for all of it. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. That would have went with your message the other night, baby. Time to cast those stones away. And a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A lot of people like that one. Stop hugging me. A time to get and a time to lose. See, we like to keep one half of these scriptures. We like the positive halves. But you don't realize that there is a purpose in your getting and there is sometimes a purpose in your losing. A time to keep. There's purpose in that. And a time to cast away. There's also purpose in that. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silent. Woo, big one. Big one. And a time to speak. Sometimes it's time to break the silence. It's time to lift your voice like a trumpet to the Lord. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. And the reason that all these times are so particular to us and so uh, necessary for us to get this is that the writer says this further in Ecclesiastes 9 and 11 that time and chance happens to us all. Time and chance happens to us all. So don't ever get discouraged thinking, well, something must be wrong because I am losing. Time and chance happens to us all. And there is a time that you will lose something in this life. But there's a purpose for it. And it's not going to always be there because there's a season. It only lasts. That time of losing is a season. And that time of getting is a season. So don't always feel like something's going wrong when you're on the losing end or you're on the silent end or you're in the time of war. Because time happens to us all. And these are the stages of time in men's life and women's life and children of God's life. And if you miss the time, if you don't recognize the time, if you can't get what Paul was saying, and now knowing the time, you're going to miss what God is trying to do in this season of your life. Because you're so sure you figured it out, or either you've just missed it altogether. But this time has a purpose in your life. And recognizing the time you're in will fulfill that purpose that's meant for all of us. Because all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so God said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give every time. Every time that can come to my people's life, I'm going to give it purpose. It's not just going to have its way and destroy them, but I'm going to give it purpose. And when they lose, there's a reason. And when they get, it's a reason. And when they love, it's a reason. And when they hate, it's a reason. War and peace, whatever it is, it all comes with a reason. It all comes with a purpose. But some people ignore time. Or they reject the time. But you know what? You can't 
fight against God. You can reject what's going on, but if it's still God's purpose, it's God's purpose. And you'll just miss it. People fought against Jesus, didn't believe him, laughed at him, mocked him on this earth, wouldn't receive him, but it didn't change his purpose. They just simply missed the things that belonged unto their peace because they did not recognize the time of their visitation. And they would have been people losing some things. Jesus said, you'll have to lose your life to save it. There'll be some losing going on while I'm here. He said, I'm going to uh, cause some division in some households. I'm going to set some people against one another. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm here to love people and save them, but it's going to stir things up. Some people just simply miss the time. Some people just don't understand. But if you miss the time, time is one thing you just can't get back. I don't want to miss the time of my visitation. You know, if, if you're a farmer and you plant crops, you know that you're going to plant some things in the summer so you can harvest it in the fall so you can eat in the winter. All that covers three seasons, but each one is a different time. A time of planting, a time of harvesting, and a time of eating. But if you miss planting time, it throws off the harvest, which throws off your eating. Or if you miss the harvest time and leave things in the field too long, they're no good. You can't sleep through the times. You've got to recognize the times. You've got to pay attention to the times that your life is in so you can get what God's trying to give you out of it. And let me tell you, some of it's easier than the other. I would imagine harvesting, is maybe this is just as much work, but it's a lot more favorable because you're looking at the fruit of your reward rather than hoeing the row, pulling the rocks out, plowing the mule, or riding the tractor, whatever it is you do. It's a lot hotter working in the summer. It's not as easy working in the summer, but oh, in that cool fall weather and you're harvesting and you're thinking, man, we're going to eat good, it's a lot better. But you can't ignore the time just because you don't like how the time works. And you can't ignore the time in your life just because you don't agree with it. But let me tell you, God didn't ask for your agreement. And he didn't ask for your opinion on it. Uh, yeah, hey, the vessel that's made can't say to the potter, what are you making out of me? Hey, just stay on the wheel and I'll make something good out of you. If you'll just stay where you're supposed to be, I'll mold you and I'll shape you. But I promise you when he's done, it'll be a vessel worth having. It'll be a vessel of honor. It'll be a vessel that can be used. I didn't put this down, but in Proverbs 6, and, uh, 6 and 6, it says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. She has no guide or overseer or ruler, but she provides meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. She don't miss the time. But he said, Hey, you, how long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of your sleep? It's high time to wake up. You're going to miss the harvest. You're going to miss the time that God's trying to do something. You're going to miss the time of provision. He said, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, and your poverty will come as one that traveleth, and your want as an armed man. He said, it's going to be like destruction to you. It's going, you're going to be robbed of what you could have because you slept right through it. You did. Now, it don't have to be just physical sleep because I love taking a nap. I have missed things because of naps. Sleeping will cause you to miss things, but I'm talking about a spiritual slumber. Where you, you, can, you know, when you're asleep, now some people are heavy sleepers. And I'm talking about you can just do whatever you want to while they're asleep. They're not going to wake up. It don't matter. And you can say, you didn't hear that siren? You didn't hear that dog? You didn't hear that bomb? No. I didn't hear nothing. But then there's some that's light sleepers. But there's some people that they're so spiritually asleep and that's what Paul is saying. He said it's high time to wake out of sleep because now is your salvation or your answer nearer than when you first believed. It, the, the thing you've been looking for when you was looking for it way back then, it's closer now than ever before. But you're in danger of missing it because you won't wake up. 
you got to know the time. you got to recognize the time. you got to realize what's going on. What time is it? What time is it in your life right now? Are you in a season where it feels like nothing's going right? There's a reason for it. God's got purpose for it. Don't miss the time. Don't, miss it. Don't misjudge it. Don't sleep through it. Don't miss it. Don't let it pass you by because you belong to God. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. God knows what he's doing in your life. But don't you give up. Don't you back up. Don't you walk away. You stay with truth. You stay with holiness. You stay with God. You keep walking the walk. You keep talking the talk. You keep serving God. Because time, even these times of our lives are tick, tick, tickety-tock, ticking away. Taken away. And there's no worse feeling than the regret. We see the regret of people on the day of Pentecost when Peter says, This same Jesus that you crucified is both Lord and Christ. And they are pricked in their heart because they cannot get that time back. There'll be no more sermons on the mount, be no more multitudes being fed in the desert, no, no more Lazarus come forth. They have missed the time. Of their visitation. But I'm so glad today. That I still got time. With him. I don't want to miss this time with him. I want to make sure that I realize today. That God's doing something in my life. And no matter what it is. If it's the mountain. If I'm climbing or descending. If I'm in the valley or on the top. All of it's for a reason. If it's in a time of silence. Well okay. It'll be a time of silence. But if it's when God's speaking. I don't want to miss I don't want to get so lazy in that time of silence that I can't hear when he starts speaking. Time in my life. Sometimes God is calling us to the miraculous. But we don't recognize the time and recognize that I have to do some things in this time. We, we have to let go and trust him and see what this time is and what purpose is behind it. Listen, don't ever, ever let things in this world stop you. Because let me tell you, you might stop, but time marches on. And you might stop, but God's going to keep moving. He said, follow me. I'm not waiting on you to keep up. Follow me. I'm not going to stop and say, oh, I'm sorry, you had to stop for a while. Follow me. There's a time. Phil, I got time. He knew. He said, to this end, I was born. He said, I got to be about my father's business. I know what I'm doing here. I've got time. And I can't sit around and and just hang out and do nothing. I've got to be busy because I know my time is coming to an end on this earth. And he knew what he was here for. They just didn't recognize it. So don't let things in this world, don't let your own mind, don't let your own heart, your own insecurity stop you because time will not stop. And you'll be watching your dreams walk past you. You'll be watching them go on by. Lazarus, uh, not Lazarus, but Bartimaeus, he realized the time of his visitation. It said he cried out and Jesus stopped and he got his sight he could have let him go by. He could have listened to everybody else saying, shh, be quiet. But he's, no, this is my miracle. I, I heard Jesus, the eye opener, is walking by. The master's coming by. And this is my time. And you ain't stopping me. And nothing's going to stop me. And just because I'm a beggar, that ain't going to stop me. And just because I'm blind, it ain't going to stop me. And just because you don't like me crying out and embarrassing you, it's not going to stop me. This is my time. What if I don't see him again? What if this time never comes around again? I don't want to watch uh, my dreams. I don't want to watch my purpose sail away and go on. Because with every time, there's a purpose. So many people, have their purpose slip right through their fingers. I think about Peter on that ship that night. And the boat's rocking. It's stormy. But they look out and they see Jesus walking on the water. And he says, Lord, if that's you, then bid me to come. Come. One word, come. You know what Jesus didn't do? He didn't stop the storm. He called him out into the storm. Can I let go of the boat? It's storming. 
Let me tell you, there's a lot of things happening right there. There's a lot of time increments. From the time Peter sees him, that's time. Just I don't know how many minutes it was, seconds it was, what, it, what, what the time frame was, but it, you know, if you read it and follow it along like that, it's pretty, pretty immediate. In less than a minute, it's happening. He's made a decision. Okay, I'm going to go. But you know what he's got to do? He's got to let go of the boat. And then he's got to step out. He's got to step out of the familiar into the unfamiliar. I can't miss the time Jesus is on the water. Oh, it's storming. Why didn't he stop? Why, why, why? Why didn't you stop the storm? It would have been a lot easier. Peter could have got there if you hadn't had the waves going. Lord, why didn't you just calm the water? Because he should have trusted him. He asked. If it's you, let me come. I told you to come on. If I said you could make it here, you could make it here. You've got to trust God. If he asked me to walk on water, surely he'll calm the storm. Maybe he won't. He don't always call the storm. He might call you into the storm. And if he does, there's a purpose. If he calls you into the stormy waters, then there's a reason. There's a purpose for it. He will call you into the storm. Yes, he will. You can say, oh, no, God, he won't do that. Yes, he will. He will call you into the storm. Because we know. In this, what did Peter miss? We think, wow, it was a great story because he, you know, he started sinking and Jesus pulls him up and they walk back to the boat. Yeah, because that time to walk on water was over with. What did he miss? What if he had got all the way to where Jesus was? Would they have kept walking? What kind of conversation? What kind of revelation? What would have been revealed? Peter will never know. We'll never know. Because Peter... Got his eyes on the storm and thought, and he got afraid. And with Jesus in sight, was afraid he would die and began to sink and had to cry out. And that's great. He got pulled up and they walked back to the boat. That's awesome. But what did he miss? We'll never know. And you know what? We'll never know what we miss with God if we don't recognize the time that we're in. You've got to realize that every thing, everything you go through, time and chance happens to us all, and everything that's going on is for a purpose. God will make you stronger. The Scripture says that tribulation, storms, worketh patience. See, Nahum 1 and 3 says that the Lord has his way. And the whirlwind and the storm. I've, you, church, you've heard me say this so many times. It, it don't even, uh, I can't even believe I'd have to repeat it. You know what I'm talking about. We give too much credit to the enemy. Oh, this storm, that, that devil's got me in a storm. He's got me, he's throwing me around. He don't get to have his way. Jesus, the Lord, has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. Who do you belong to? Whose child are you? Who's your heavenly father? Whose name is over your life? Who do you serve? Who's watching over you? The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are listening to their cries. Let me tell you, God knows right where you are and he knows the time you're in and he knows the reason you're there because he put you there. It's his purpose being fulfilled. It's his way being had. Oh, Peter, Peter, it was the Lord trying to have his way. But tribulation works patience. Patience, experience, experience, hope, hope, make it not a shame. When we read that, I realize that these things happen in two different places. Tribulation and patience are together. As long as that tribulation is going and you endure that, when you're done, patience. You have earned patience. You have learned patience. Now you have patience. And patience will have her perfect work. But now you also have something else that you'll need later for the next time. Experience and hope. Because now you've been through it. And you're patient. And that experience gives you hope. And hope maketh not a shame. Ain't nothing more shameful than for us to miss our time when it was right there in front of us. Ain't nothing worse than to miss what God's trying to do when it was right there in front of us. 
and that knowing the time. It is now high time to awake out of sleep. For now is your salvation. Your answer is nearer than it's ever been. Don't fall asleep and miss the time in your life. Time. Time to hear. Time to obey him. Time to let go of that boat, Peter. Time to step out. But it's also time to trust him. Trust him when you're walking on things that would normally drown you. Trust him when you're walking on things that are scientifically and physically impossible, but God can make it possible. Trust him when you're walking in the middle of the storm. When the waves get big, they're not bigger than him. Trust him so that you can see time fulfilled in your life. He's right there, and, and he will keep you. I'm getting ready to start with last page. Ain't y'all thankful? Luke 14. In 16, Jesus teaching a parable. He says unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many. And we know that God's talking about the kingdom of heaven. He sent his servant at supper and say unto them that were bidden, come. For all things are now ready. It's time. And basically, supper time. Old song is supper time. So it's, it's time to eat. Come on. And they all with one consent made excuse. The first said, I bought a piece of ground. I got to go see it. I pray you have me excused. Another said, I bought five yoke in a box. I approve them. I pray you have me excused. Another said, I've married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Ladies, don't let your husband tell that lie on you. You tell him, get off your lazy tail and go. Do what you're supposed to do. Men, don't lie on your wife. You just want to sit around. Get up and do what God, you're going to miss your time. This man made food. If they take time to prepare it and sit it, then you ought to have enough decency to respect the time and be there for it. And this is a parable about the kingdom of God. And if God takes time to prepare it and call you to it, don't excuse yourself. He said it it was a great supper. Don't excuse yourself from greatness. There's great things. things These these people, probably things they'd never seen before, never ate before. It was probably more food they'd ever seen in their lifetime, but they missed it. Just let me be excused. I I cannot come. I cannot or I would not. It could be both. Maybe they didn't see the importance of it. But I can tell you this. Nothing, nothing, nothing overrides the importance of this time in your life with God. What kind of excuse are we making not to answer the call? It may not always be the easiest thing to do. But when you know the time... Knowing the time, you know it's time for a change. You know it's time for something new. You know it's time to stop some things. You know it's time to start some things. Knowing that, then it is high time. It is imperative that you wake up. Because if you know that there's some things that ought to be done, if you know there's some things you should be stopping or starting, time's marching on. Listen, you'll sleep right through your answer. Remember that little ant. Remember that sluggard, that man sleeping, folding his hands. He said, you'll be robbed like, like somebody came and robbed you and, and took your stuff, your, your deliverance. You'll sleep right through your deliverance and your purpose. The rich young ruler, what can I do to have eternal life? Well, you got to sell everything you got, take up the cross and follow me. He said he went away sad. He missed his time because he could not let go of his wealth. wonder what his name was. And wonder where we would have found him maybe later if he'd have just followed Jesus. And I can't tell you today, honey, you can come to the music. I cannot tell you what time it is for you today. But I can tell you that whatever it is, there is a God-ordained purpose for it. Because God don't create accidents, coincidences, and mishaps. God is an author. 
He's purposeful. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. And he is writing your story out in every chapter, every line, every verse of this book that he's writing about you. Let me tell you something. It's got purpose. Great cloud of witnesses. When we read about that great cloud of witnesses, when you, you back up into the 11th chapter and you read how they were uh, tortured, made them fight wild beasts, they wandered in caves and, and in this world. They were, they were like vagabonds in this world because nobody warned them, but they were uh, cut, cut to pieces, sawn and sunder, stretched in half. All these things that they went through. And he said, see, and we we're compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Everything they went through was for a reason. And some of it was so that we would know that we can go through the hardest trial in our life and still endure. There was, uh, maybe they, people trying to understand, oh, I'm just serving the Lord. I can't understand how I ended up in this, in this arena where these, these lines are at. I don't understand. But God had a reason. Let me tell you something. Whether it's a fiery furnace or a den of lions, it's going to lead to your promotion. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel all promoted after their trial. They didn't miss the time. Joseph, cast into a pit, sold into slavery, lied on, cast into a dungeon. I don't understand this. All that brought him before the king. It was just the path to get him to where God needed him. And all these things that you meant for evil, God meant for good to save many people alive. Purpose. David fought lions and bears, and it prepared him for giants. He fought a giant, and it gave him a reward from the king. Everything you fight, everything you do, God has got a purpose for you fulfilling it. All things, even this time, are working together for your good. If you'll stand with us. And one more verse of Scripture in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. Because this time, I'm so thankful for this time. For he has said, God has said this, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation, I have secured thee. I have comforted you, satisfied you, taken care of you. And then, it's like he gave us the answer before he gave us what's going on. Then he says, behold, now is the accepted time. That means God's listening. Because if he heard you in an accepted time, and now is the accepted time, then God is listening. And Paul said in Romans when he said, wake up because your salvation is nearer than when you believed. He wrote right here, behold, now is the day of salvation he's listening right now and today you can get what you need from God don't miss your time in this service oh it's just Sunday I just I just wanted to you know come by the church and say I appreciate you but I'm, I'm let me tell you if you're sitting in this room today it's for a purpose if you're feeling lost today it's for a purpose Whatever you're facing today is for a purpose. And if now is the accepted time, he's not only listening, he hears you. You ever done that? Your kid, you say something, you know the kid's listening, but do you hear what I'm saying? God's saying, I hear you. I hear you saying, I'm struggling. I hear you saying, how long? I hear you saying, when is this going to be over with? When am I going to be better? When is my joy coming? When is this night season ending? I hear you. But you'll find your answer today as you begin to call on His name. I want to open this altar up and give you a chance to come and stand, to kneel, to come and pray today. God, don't let me miss my time. Don't let me miss what you're doing in my life. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. I know it's been tough, but it's for a purpose. Ooh, it's been long, but it's for a purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Come on, church. Come on, child of God. Come on, son. Come on, daughter. I'm listening to you today. I hear you today. I know what you need today. This is your time. This is your time. Don't miss your time. Take the hand of somebody beside you. And 
I want you to just look at them and tell them by faith. God's got a purpose for you. Don't miss your purpose. Don't miss your purpose. Would you lift that hand to heaven right now? Let's pray one more time together. Hallelujah. Oh, you lifting that hand. I'm, I'm letting you know that I believe in you. I believe in what God's got for you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, raise your people up. God, open our eyes. Wake us up today, God. And we don't miss the time of your visitation. And we don't miss what you're pouring out in our church, Lord, in our congregation, in our own lives, oh God. We don't want to miss you, Lord. Hallelujah. Don't do it without me, God. I want to be a part of it, Lord. I want to be a part of your kingdom, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a hand clap and a big shout of praise. This is our time. This is our time. Every day, this is the day that the Lord has made. Every day is a time for His people, for His children to see God work, see God move, to be part of the purpose for this kingdom. And I'm thankful for that today. Amen. God bless you. I guess uh, you can head back to your seats. They'll be coming in with, and whoever's supposed to be, there she comes. Come on, Sister Amber. And we, we won't keep you just a moment, and so everybody can go eat and fellowship. Yeah, y'all please sit down. Y'all make me nervous when you're standing up. Okay, Jamie, you can stand up. Thank you. Um, so on um, Pastor Appreciation Day, we would be remiss if we didn't start by taking a moment to give honor to our pastor's wife. Our fearless leader, Mother Walden. Um, on Friday night, which, like Pastor said, if you did not get a CD, if you weren't here, uh, you, you've got to hear this message. It was incredible. Um, every, every woman needs to hear it, but you guys need to hear it, too. Um, on Friday night, we presented Sister Candy with a beautiful basket filled with some of her favorite things. A coffee mug, a long sleeve t-shirt, because we know that's your fave. Um, some slippers, a candle, things like that. So she got a beautiful gift basket that she loves. Um, so today I'm going to say a few words about our wonderful First Lady, Candy Walden. And I'm going to start with a heartfelt, deep, serious poem that I wrote. A sonnet to our pastor's wife, an ode to our beloved Candy. C is for the cute, cute clothes that you wear. A is for the adorable way you do your hair. N is for the nifty notes you sing. D is for the delicious dips that you bring. <laughs> I is for the incredible instrument you play. And dear Candy, all these things are why we love you this and every day. <laughs> but seriously, you are a beautiful inspiration. You are a classic example of kindness, of grace mercy, compassion, and faithfulness with a little bit of humor thrown into. We see how you love the Lord first before all other things. We watch you worship. We hear you pray. We witness you follow the Spirit as it ebbs and flows during a service. Your sensitivity to the Lord allows you to minister to us, to your congregation, in a way that has profoundly changed each and every one of us. To find a worthy example of a godly mother, wife, friend, sister, and servant, we only have to look to you. You help us put our broken hearts back together. You help us find our way to the altar of repentance. You show us that mercy and forgiveness are always, always better. You give us the courage to dance our way to freedom. You help us find our voice to sing our praises to the Lord. You give us, you give me, what we need to be our best, whole, true selves. 
even if it means being told to get up and get our tails in gear. Of course, immediately followed by a string of, I love you, I'm here for you, I'm praying for you. You will do whatever it takes to make sure your people get to heaven. Now, we all know this about you. Anyone who spends five seconds with you knows all this about you. But what I'm about to share may not be such common knowledge, but it may just be the most important thing that I could say about Sister Candy today. We know that she loves her husband tremendously, disgustingly, like, <laughs> like fairy tale romance with unicorns and rainbows and little hearts that pop up in their eyes when they see each other, disgustingly sweet, like if it wasn't real, it would be bleh, loves her husband. But do you know how much she appreciates her pastor? I do. I sit behind her over there in her cozy little nest. You know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, get the CD from Friday night in her little comfort zone. And I hear every single amen, yes, come on, preach it, everything she does to back him up. I hear her clapping her hands, see her standing up, shouting, dancing, whatever it takes. She plays her guts out to help him deliver God's word to us. She sings until her voice is done to help the Spirit move through this place while he's praying and ministering to us. She's here every time the doors are open, and if she's not, it's because she's doing something else for the Lord, or she's so sick, he basically had to force her to stay home. Right? We remember. <laughs> she's here working more than, us, more than we realize. She's on the go, working for us most days, whether it's a church day or not. She's on the phone with us, or meeting us, counseling us, talking us off that ledge, sharing our joys and sorrows, comforting us, putting us back in our places, reminding us just whose child we are and where we're going one day. She's praying for us, praying for us, fighting with us, fighting for us. Pastor said last week she probably takes at least as many phone calls as he does. But why? Why does she do all that? Yeah, she loves us, and she wants to go to heaven, wants us to go to heaven and all that. But she loves her pastor, and she will do anything to take part of the burden off his shoulders. She'll slip part of his yoke off his shoulders and onto her own. She shields him from questions she knows he's too busy to handle. She makes decisions because she knows he's got other people to take care of. She reminds him to eat, to rest, to take care of himself. Just, just listen to her. She lifts him up after a great message, and she encourages him when he thinks he's missed the mark. Not that I've ever heard a lesson or a message that hasn't been amazing. She handles fiascos. She manages chaos. She puts out fires big and small, and she does it quietly behind the scenes so pastor can do what he has to do to watch over his flock. He's the watchman on the wall, and she's the watchman's caregiver. And we all can learn a lesson from that. If I can turn my page, I will tell you what it would be. Rather than look to see what she's wearing, we should look to see how she's backing up the man of God. Rather than listen to how great she sounds, which we know, we know it's great, I'm not saying that. We should listen to how she's ready with a willing, joyful answer to do anything he asks of her. Rather than covet her spinach artichoke and buffalo chicken dip, we should, we should look for ways to feed each other the way she feeds us. We have an example in our First Lady that can't be described. There aren't adequate words for how wonderful, giving, loving, and loyal Candy Walden is. I know. I tried to figure those words out. But we can do something to show both the Waldens how much we love and appreciate them. We can love the Lord with all of our hearts. We can love each other. And we can get better, do better, and be better every day. With examples like this, we can't fail. Regina, I love you more than my luggage. I love you, Valerie. I love you. I'm so glad to have you in my life. Thank you for not letting me be too stupid for too long. Thank you for taking on this flock and for loving us so much and so hard. We are so grateful that you are our first lady and our pastor's wife. We love you so much. And now Brother Scott is going to come.
and he is going to make Pastor uncomfortable because it's his turn now. It's hot, Mike. Well, I was uh, asked to do this uh, last week, and I I looked through a few things, and one thing that I noticed is uh, a a pastor's job is uh, that they can be plenty of people put in for a pastor's job, but he needs to be called. And I'm glad we have a called pastor. I'm also glad he was chosen. So, so many are called, but few are chosen. So I, I think he's a, a man after God's own heart. Uh, I, 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 he's like David, I believe. I believe he's, he wants his best for the flock. And uh, I, I just got some little things. I don't, I'm, I'm not near as organized as my sister was, so I, I may be scattered. But uh, I looked up on the Internet a few myths uh, of a pastor. So the, these, this is not, nobody here feels this way, but this is the pastors. Uh, a lot of people may think, you know, this thing about pastors. So, but uh, it says, uh, myth number one, it says uh, a pastor has a short work week. He only works on Sunday and Wednesday. But that's not the case here. He works 24-7. Uh, he gets phone calls 24-7. He gets... Uh, he has his normal problems to deal with, and then and ours. So he uh, he definitely doesn't have a short work week. So if he was putting in for a forty-hour work week, <laughs> uh, that's not a pastor's a, a call pastor's job. Myth number two: uh, because of the flexible schedule, a pastor has a lot of uninterrupted family time. <laughs> Every time I've been to their house, there's always been somebody there. So. Uh, or or phone call or or something, and and probably a lot of their time alone, they're probably talking about how they can help the flock. Probably talking about how they can help a, a sheep that's struggling. You know, so and so is having a tough time. So, uh, what can we do to help them? What could, what could we do to help get them back into the flock? What could we help them to get them back involved? Myth number three: a pastor is able to spend most of the week in sermon preparation. I mean, they just preaching. Wednesday and Sunday. I mean, he's got plenty of these deer hunts, and, you, know, you know, all this. That's not true at all either. Uh, pastor's always working. I'm, I've hardly ever called him when he ain't busy doing something. Uh, pastors take vacations anytime they want. <laughs> just go on vacation. I mean, they just, but that's not true because they have to plan everything they do around service and around other people, and, and then things happen. And they call, get called in off of the, from where their vacation is. Uh, pastor's work week is uh, low in stress than others. It don't have as near the stress as other people have. And we know that's not the case. He has our stress on him and, and his own and his family's own. Uh, but I, I, was, I was just thinking how I could uh, talk about pastor uh, a little bit and I thought about David and Goliath uh, the story of David and Goliath and, and uh, kind of what come to my mind was uh, you know David was a shepherd early and he, he was constantly looking after flock he was, he was busy and uh, one day he was sent to uh, go check on his brothers and he had to fight a big old giant now the church I mean the, the army was already there but he, he, had to, he had to slay and kill a giant that day when nobody else would. And sometimes I feel, uh, well, I don't feel that way. I look at it like that. We look at pastors being Superman, but we could all be Goliath. I mean, we could all be David. We can kill our giants, but a lot of times we let pastor kill them. And I, I, I think a lot of times his job would probably be easier if we just fight some of our own battles but we love him around here and uh even though he does fight a lot of our battles uh i can only relate to my battles uh and things that he's done for me uh some giants that he's fought for me 
He's uh, here within the last couple of years. He's he's fought for me uh, pretty hard, and I appreciate him and all he's done. And, and Sister Pastor, <laughs> I, I, if she he couldn't be what he is if it wasn't for her. So, uh, and I appreciate all they do. And brother, I love you. Well, there ain't nothing we'd rather be doing. I said it before. That I'm glad, so glad. And when we prayed about what we were going to do, what God wanted us to do, I'm glad we didn't miss our time. We were praying about it, and I tell you, I, I probably wrestled with God a little longer than I should have, but uh, I'm so glad that God sent us to Winterville, and I'm glad that he put us... You know, even before then, he, he sent me to preach a revival that put me in contact with a lot of them folks sitting right there in that little corner. And uh, I'm thankful that God knew what he was doing every little bit along the way. And I, I appreciate it. It's hard sometimes, not because of people. It's, it's just, I don't know, I, I wrestle with, oh, how in the world did you pick me for this, Lord? Because there's so many people that could do so much better. But I'm glad that he didn't pick nobody else, but that he picked me. And I am thankful for my wife, my children that are not here today. I think this is the first time since we started this church that both of them have not been here on a Sunday. It'd be either or, but usually one of them's here. And uh, unless we're with them, if we were with them. But so uh, I love all of you. I hope you know. I hope you know that I love you. And I, I wouldn't do anything else. Uh, I believe in you. And, uh, you know, I, there's nothing, you know, that, that you ask of us that, that we don't do willingly. We want to, to serve this church and help this church. And we love this church. And we love you. And I want you to be happy. I want you to have joy. But I want you to be strong. And I want you to stand your trials and tests and make it through. Because I know that when you come out, you'll be like gold. So hang in there when it's tough. We're going to stand behind you. I can't fight you, all your battles for you. But, I'll, brother, I'll be right there in the lineup. Put me in, coach. Uh, I'll be right there. And I thank you for this honor today. I, I hope nobody gets offended at me when I say it's just, you just, this is a hard place for an introvert to be. And uh, when I'm not preaching and when things wind down like this, I'm ready to and to have to come back. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, see? Okay, I'm, I'm going to stay right here. And this little, this little lady right here, that's not a short joke. It's just a little, little lady. I've been taller than her for a long time. This is my mom, if you don't know. So I'm, I'm not picking it. Like, I can't believe you said that about that woman. Okay. Give me this. Okay, you hold this. Okay. Well, I did bring my Okay. I didn't really realize this when I found this and did this, but it goes so appropriate because it's very sweet and it's candy. So we kind of got you with it. Okay, this is short and sweet. Our pastor is a sweetheart, not a sweetheart, but I couldn't find any sweetheart candy for everything he does. He is always there to pick up the pieces and, and answer our whatchamacallit. Sometimes we act like airheads or nerds. And you probably think we're from the Milky Way. But you've made a mound of difference in our lives. Thank you for getting us in double mint condition for heaven. Where was I? Okay. And thanks for making us smarties. You deserve a hundred grand every Every payday, you will always be in our hearts now and later. 
We appreciate our pastor on this Pastor Appreciation Day. Thank you. I was looking I was looking for the butter to go with that corn <laughs> yeah y'all too good to us really uh, but we, we do love each and every one of you very much so glad to have everybody that's here today our visitors so great to meet you guys today and have you with us and uh I hope you have a wonderful day, a blessed day. Thank you for being here. Thank you for loving on us. And just thank you for worshiping the Lord and being in church. That's the greatest thing. I'll I'll tell you this from a pastor's standpoint. There ain't nothing he wants more than to see his people sitting in front of him while he's preaching. Uh, This is the way I feel because I feel like whatever I'm doing, even on the days I feel like I'm, oh, I still feel like I'm giving you what God wants you to hear. And, man, we're going to make it to heaven together, ain't we? All right. God bless you today. Thank you for everything you did. We love you. And you can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Don't forget prodigal prayer tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Let's be here and pray for our prodigals. God bless you.